many things about going to university should be challenging and difficult, but worrying about how you're going to support yourself next year should not be one of those things. Right now, things are changing in the world, and they're changing here at UQ. But within all this change, there has been a profound lesson in the importance of community, and that even in our most difficult times, we find our own ways to give back and support one another. My name is Zoe, and this is the first in a short series of podcasts for our celebration of Giving Week, in lieu of our traditional annual giving event. Today, we're talking to Professor Heather Zwicker, Executive Dean of the Faculty of Humanities and Social Sciences at UQ, and Associate Professor Sandra Phillips, Associate Dean Indigenous Engagement within the Faculty. For UQ's inaugural Giving Day last year, Heather, with the support of other donors, established the Haas Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Scholarship Endowment Fund. It went on to be the most successful fund on Giving Day, and subsequently has led to two fully endowed Indigenous scholarships, well on the way to a third. For Heather and Sandra, these scholarships are an opportunity to forge a pathway to higher education for Indigenous students, and to continue to bring Indigenous voices, perspectives, cultures and experiences into the University of Queensland. This is their story of giving. Heather and Sandra, thank you so much for joining me today for our Giving Week podcast series. To start off, what are your roles here at UQ and what kind of work does that entail? My name is Heather Zwicker and I'm the Executive Dean of the Faculty of Humanities and Social Sciences at the University of Queensland. And I'm Sandra Phillips, Associate Dean Indigenous Engagement in the Faculty of Humanities and Social Sciences at UQ. And so do you work a lot together? One of the pleasures of being a Dean is working closely with uh, Associate Professor Sandra Phillips in her role as Associate Dean Indigenous Engagement, becoming better partners to Indigenous communities and being more supportive to Indigenous students and both hiring and supporting more Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander academic and professional staff colleagues is a real priority of Haas. And Sandra is the person who keeps us on the right path where all of those initiatives are concerned. And as you'd expect too, I need to be kept on the right path. And I do that by being very well connected with the broader Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community, our communities of practice in higher education, our community members just in our everyday lives. And it's a real luxury for me to have a gig, a role, wherein I get to do all of the things that we as Indigenous people tend to do anyway, which is support each other, advance our causes, help build capacity of non-Indigenous people and generally work to make the place where we are a whole lot better. Today we're talking about the House or Humanities and Social Sciences Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Scholarship Endowment Fund. So I understand this was established by a generous initial commitment by you, Heather, through the Create Change match, which in turn inspired other faculty executives to make their own pledge. So what, Heather, did you hope to achieve through the scholarship and what inspired that initial gift? We know that Australia is full of really smart, talented, hardworking Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students, but the unfortunate reality is that many of them can't afford to come and study at a place like the University of Queensland, given the various expenses associated with moving away to study. And one of the things I was hoping to do with a scholarship would be to make that path a little bit easier for those smart, hardworking students 
And I think as a corollary to that, really signal to all of the young Indigenous people who watch what happens in the higher education space that HASP is a place for you. We want you. We will support you. We are invested in the most literal material sense in your success. I think it's a a wonderful initiative. And as someone who left home, country Queensland, in 1985 to come to the University of Queensland as a 17-year-old, pre-HEX days, though, I will add. So the financial burden on me and my family was not anywhere near uh, the kind of burden that an ambitious young Indigenous person has to face um, in 2020 and beyond. But yes, the material challenges involved in building towards a professional career, professionalising our community is a challenge. And higher education is one of the clearest pathways towards professional careers. So this pipeline and any support that can make that journey easier is welcomed by Indigenous peoples. And so it's a needs-based scholarship? Needs is part of it. People have to have a need for the money, but it's really organised around scholarly accomplishment. Is it awarded to first-year students or students uh, at any part of their university career? We started with a single scholarship and then used that as an opportunity to encourage other people to pitch in and develop their own scholarships. And we are still counting those numbers as they grow, the number of dollars, the number of scholarships, and each of them can be defined in a slightly different way. But when I started mine, the idea that I had was that it would support somebody coming in to their first year of university study and then support them for every year that they were in university. Other scholarships could be, I think, conceived differently. We're we're always trying to find the right balance between sustaining support for students on the one hand and ensuring that generous donors have an ability to see the kinds of outcomes that they are most invested in on the other. So it's always a bit of a tricky business, but my own intention was to support a single student from the beginning of their studies right through the end of it. That's a really nice holistic kind of full circle. You get to see them go through their entire university studies because I imagine for a lot of students having one year of support, if they don't have that in subsequent years, they could encounter more financial trouble. And so having that commitment all the way through is a lot of support for them. So look, I would say that many things about going to university should be challenging and difficult, but worrying about how you're going to support yourself next year should not be one of those things. I'd also perhaps reinforce that need and ambition often go together hand in hand. When you're coming out of a community that has suffered the broader scale dispossession that Indigenous peoples have, so We are still very early in generational change in terms of incomes, professions, financial security. So if we're talking about multiple generations of poverty, inevitably need is part of that. And ambition is its thing. You know, we are an incredibly ambitious people and we can't do it alone. So there was $247,000 raised for the scholarship, uh, including the match, across more than 60 gifts. And this saw the two fully endowed undergraduate scholarships for Indigenous students in Haas. And we're more than halfway to a third endowed scholarship. Were you expecting this kind of level of support? 
I am incredibly chuffed to see the way that people put their money where their mouth is. To be honest with you, it's perhaps even more money than I had hoped we would be able to raise, but I'm not surprised by the breadth of the appeal. So one of the things that really inspired me was that on Giving Day last year, we got gifts that were very, very modest by comparison with the total value for scholarships. And there is a piece of me that feels most tenderly perhaps about the $5 and the $20 contributions, because what that tells me is that the world is changing and the world is being changed as is so often the case by people who don't have all of the means handed to them without any question, but but really understand the value of $5 and $20. And I guess one thing that I would want people to know is that I see that and I value those contributions so deeply. Yeah, it's not just those huge gifts, every little part makes a difference and it shows that you really care about something. Don't get me wrong. We're open for big gifts, (laughs) (laughs) but 2020 might not be the year where we're going to see a whole lot of that action. You know, I really do think in the wake of the pandemic and the big hits on industry and higher education and families and jobs, it just, it, it is a moment where I just really want to be reminded and maybe to remind others that we are all in it together and we can do more in collaboration than we can ever do individually. I'd probably add, that's a, it's a great story, isn't it? And I'd add, I've heard this maxim about giving and about donating and it goes something like the proposition becomes more attractive the more other people commit to it, no matter the extent of their giving. So, um, you know, this this particular uh, scholarship that Heather's set up is demonstrating a broad base of interest and commitment and that in itself should hopefully encourage those who have the capacity to do the bigger giving to see that there is a broad base of support. Another thing I want to ask is why did you decide that Giving Day and the Create Change Scholarship Match was the right time for this scholarship to materialise? No dean would ever turn her back on the possibility of doubling her money. Let me just be clear about that. But when I started as the executive dean at this faculty in October of 2018, I came in with a personal aspiration to build better relations with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in Australia on behalf of the faculty. And one of the things that I learned early on is that there is a tremendous energy across our faculty for that, that we were fortunate that we had just hired Professor Bronwyn Fredericks as the Pro-Vice-Chancellor Indigenous Engagement. She had delivered the University of Queensland's first wrap. So we had a reconciliation action plan, the launch of which was one of the most significant days of my career. I remember taking the step of chalking up my hand and making a declaration that I would actually work toward the goals of the Reconciliation Action Plan and that our faculty would align with the university as a whole and really seek to make a difference. And what I've learned since that moment is that mine is far from a lone voice. We have a faculty that really, for lots and lots of reasons, is committed to reconciliation. Part of that comes from the fact that our disciplines are really directly engaged in questions of history and questions of morality and questions of ethical engagement. Lots and lots of our researchers do excellent work in collaboration with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities around Queensland and and indeed the rest of Australia. It's also the fact that we study culture And there's an incredible wealth of culture that has yet to be fully taken on board by the kind of Western academy that we all bear the imprint of. 
And I would say one of the other factors for us that explains the interest in reconciliation has to do with really seeing the limits of the kind of society that we've built. I think lots of people understand that democracy has been pummeled in the last few years, that we face threats to the rule of law. We know because of our important global engagements that the way that we grew up doing things is not the only way to do things. And that we need to, as I say, broaden that tent and really take seriously how the oldest continuous civilization in the world may have solved many of these very same problems. And again, I would come back to the idea that we can do more together when we genuinely seek to learn from each other than we can do in isolation from each other. And I really like, Heather, how you, in establishing this inaugural position that I was lucky enough to um, gain, in establishing it, your approach was nothing about us, Indigenous peoples, without us. So the position of this portfolio goes a long way to helping to collaborate with colleagues across the faculty and across the university to the end of increasing Indigenous participation wherever we can. And of course, the biggest way to make an impact there is to increase Indigenous student enrolment, improve Indigenous student completions, and do the hard work of establishing the next generation of Indigenous people who are out in the world doing amazing things. And that's how I see the scholarship connecting in with that broader agenda as well. You know, what are the things we can do operationally? What are the, the small things that we can do every day that makes a difference to those broader goals? And the scholarship is definitely a part of that. I think that's a really good point, Sandra. Nothing about us without us is something that I learned more fully when I came to Australia. So I'm from Canada, I'm from um, Treaty 7 land in the west of Canada. And if you accept, as I do, that we live in a world that has lamentably been formed by generations of white supremacist thinking, and that we live inside, therefore, of systemic racism. You might think about making the world into a different place, making the world into a better place, being a matter of moving through a series of of phases. You might think about decolonization as an earlier phase and indigenization as as a later phase. Certainly, that was the imprimatur that I had when I moved here from Canada. And I would say that when I arrived, I was still in the mindset that said, decolonization is the work of all of us and maybe even predominantly the work of the settler societies who have profited from a colonial line of being and learning to just maybe take a step back and work in a better form of partnership has been, I think, one of the biggest things that I've learned in the year and a half that I've lived in Brisbane. So we need to see a really systematic change. And this scholarship is a part of, like you said, Sandra, bringing new generations of Indigenous students into a part of this education process. For sure. And we're also always, though, very conscious, um, and Heather and I have discussed this, conscious of one, opening up opportunity and supporting ambition and aspiration that Indigenous students hold, understanding that their presence makes a difference to every classroom they're in, at the same time as not 
burdening them with the kind of representative function. And it's a tricky, it's a tricky balance. And that's where, you know, I can have those nuanced conversations with colleagues across the faculty in how they can support Indigenous student participation in a way that it doesn't become a burden to be Indigenous in classrooms, as well as at the same time, as I'm saying, recognising the impact that Indigenous student presence can have on other people's learning. There is something about that presence in a classroom that makes very real what can sometimes seem abstract or far away or intangible. It's the reason that we need diversity in our classrooms in every way. We need gender diversity, we need an international diversity, and we definitely need to be in conversation with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as part of our learning why do you think that giving is important and what does this project mean to the both of you? I think giving is an opportunity to share whatever privilege one may have conferred upon one or that one may have earned. So I think giving the opportunity to give here in this space is really important. I think the impact of the giving you know, is exponential, is potentially exponential. And the more that we can encourage and support that, the better off we all can be. I think giving is a really broad category. Some people are in a position to give money. Some people are in a position to give time. Many people are in a position to give voice or to amplify the voices of those that are further away from being heard. For me, giving money has always been an important measure of putting your money where your mouth is. It's, it's literally putting your money where your commitments lie. And for me, it's been a way to make tangible the kind of aspirations that I have for seeing the world as a different place. My sister was a professional fundraiser and she taught me a lot about how much it matters. She taught me to be less afraid of talking about money because it is a truth of middle-class white people that they don't like to talk about money. But one of the things that my sister used to like to say is you can't sneak up on rich people. They see it coming. They know you're going to ask for something. So you have to be prepared to, to show them how a contribution can actually play a role in changing the world. Sandra, I really like what you said about the consequences being exponential. I think that's a really smart way to think about it. That was Professor Heather Zwicker and Associate Professor Sandra Phillips for our first conversation in our inaugural Giving Week podcast series, talking about the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Scholarship Endowment Fund within the Faculty of Humanities and Social Sciences. If you'd like to know more about giving at UQ, please visit giving.uq.edu.au for more amazing stories and ways that you can support our students, staff and researchers. I'm Zoe McDonald and thanks for listening.